Hey, I'm Aaron Palabiab. I'm a travel filmmaker and photographer, and I'm your main host on Escape Stories from the Road. And I'm Kate Teralba. I'm a musician, designer, filmmaker, and traveler, and I'm back for another episode. Join me and our guest hosts on this journey of adventure, self-discovery, and many more in the backdrop of the colorful and magical islands of the, the Philippines. Philippines. Join us on this escape, Stories, Stories from, from the, the Road. road. Presented by the Department of Tourism. Kate, you're a musician. You're attuned to the pulse of the Philippine music scene. If you were to compose a song about the Philippines, what sound would be your inspiration? I would probably go with sounds of people in the streets or people in fiesta mode because, for me, that really gives you an idea of that spirited Filipino culture. It's that kind of energy that we're trying to capture. From the pulsating homegrown sounds of Batanes, Quezon Province, Kalinga, Cuyo Island, and South Cotabato. To the raucous and energetic streets of Manila. In a sonic exploration of how our music not only serves to entertain, but to preserve history in our soundscape. We talked with Dr. Prudente, who's traveled everywhere in the Philippines in the name of cultural preservation. I am Felicidad Prudente, or Faye for short. I'm a musicologist. I do a lot of research on Philippine traditional music. As a musicologist, I do a lot of field research so that I can understand the culture of a community, especially its music. I live with them and I study their culture particularly their rituals, the way of singing, the way of playing instruments. If you look at the communities in the Philippines, we have so many languages. So if you have 100 languages, meaning 100 communities speaking different languages, then you think of it also as 100 types of music. We have many similarities with the ASEAN countries, after all, we are one community being in the same Austronesian language family. So our culture will have similarities with Indonesia, Malaysia. But if you look at the gamelan, for example, if Indonesian, because I've studied it also, not the Indonesian gamelan, their structure and the way of playing is by cycle. So it's very fixed, it's very structured, but not in our kulintang. Our kulintang is very fluid and varied. With a career spanning more than three decades, Dr. Prudente has been to practically every nook and cranny of the country, mula Batanes hanggang Sulu. I went to Batanes. Nag-homestay lang kami. Kasi I also want to learn about their Ibatan culture. It was, I think, Holy Week. So it was a good time. Batanes is known as the home of the winds because the wind is very strong at the northernmost island of the Philippines. That's why they build their sturdy homes out of thick limestone and why the local Ivatans wound up with such an irrepressible spirit. And there were also not so much tourists during that time. And I thought I would do some traditional Lenten singing, chanting. But to my surprise, the Holy Week celebration in 
Basco particularly, is very modern. So they have mass, no chanting, but they had some prayer, evening prayers, and some some singing, but no chanting. I was kind of disappointed, but again, it's a new new understanding of that that we think Batanes is so way back, but it's not. They're so modern in that island. So it's a way of understanding that that these people interact with the outside world, although we think that they're so isolated. From Basco, I went to Sabtang, the neighboring island. And then from Sabtang, I went back to Basco and then took another boat going to Itbayat. And it was summer, which is very good time to travel to Itbayat. And Itbayat is such a beautiful place, unexplored, uh, all this, these beautiful sceneries. Ang ganda-ganda pati ang Itbayat. Hindi ko pa alam ang, ang music instruments sa Itbayat, pero the one in Basco, they do a lot of laji singing. It's more singing, more vocal singing of the laji. Now the NCCA, the National Commission for Culture and the Arts, is trying to revive the laji, and I'm part of that program. It's how to revive the laji among the, the next generation and the young, young students today from Batanes. The Laji are traditional poems of the Ivatans told in a lilting melody that has the power to transport you to the Batanes of old. Some might call it a song or awit, but awit means a totally different thing in a different part of the country. The awit is a debate song. The general understanding of awit is a song. But when you go to Quezon, then it's, that's a particular type of song debate form. A man and a woman would debate about love. Pero on the spot yun, ah. Quezon is a province south of Luzon known for sausages, coconuts, lampanog, which is coconut hooch, and a colorful food festival called pahiyas. I was advising a doctoral student in PWU, and that was a time when it was also an occasion for saving awit. I remember it was a pahiyas time, that's May 15th. So we went to Lukban, and then my student also brought us to Quezon. It's in Tayabas, and they do their paawit there. There was a procession. The procession went around the barangay, and for every house, they would have some parang nakabitin na mga goodies and they they get it you know the children would get the goodies from the nakabitin and then they move on to another house another pabitin and so forth and then when they return to the chapel it's a very small chapel then there's the singing of the song for the saint and more prayers and mass they're very steep in the Catholic religion. That's what I noticed. Very strong and fervent following of Catholic rites. And, but at the same time, if you look at it, this pabitin and all this 
practices could be parang pre-colonial. That's how I see it. But if we're talking pre-colonial, one of the best conserved pre-colonial cultures of the Philippines is in Lake Cebu in South Cotabato. From Manila, obviously from Manila to General Santos, you take a bus or if you like, you can rent a taxi to go to direct to Lake Cebu. That, I think that's the easiest way. I went to, to Tiboli for some research. I did some recordings of their gongs, their lute, their hegelong, and many other instruments. Mga 1998 pa yun. Uh, but I can remember, we went to a village called Tablo, Barangay Tablo, and we gathered some of the musicians there. We had some gong ensemble, which is very interesting. We had uh, log drums, how long log that was hanging, and they were playing patterns. And then they say it's for harvest, etc. So it's very interesting. Also, they have bamboo zitters and hagalong, of course. For those who haven't seen one before, a hegalong is a long guitar-like instrument that looks like a canoe. Its two strings are made of horsehair, and the body is carved with designs or inlaid with mother of pearl. And they have a broad repertoire on sounds of the environment, and that includes nga woodpecker sound, even of the airplane. Pati yung ano, yung kanilang sludoy, their bamboo zitter. That mimics the sound of the environment, the birds, the dogs, etc. The dancers wear anklets, belts with hanging little bells, casco bells. It's part of their attire, wearing those belts with hanging bells, anklets. It's really part, the traditional part of their attire as a Tiboli. Parang identity rin nila yun eh. I guess it's interesting for me as an outsider, di ba? It's kind of interesting because, oh, when you hear bells, you know that somebody's coming. It's like a, a signal that somebody's coming to your place. They're very friendly. They, they're very welcoming. I was there just for a few days. It was really more learning their musical instruments and a little bit of folk singing. A few days. Ang bitin naman. Yeah, it's a great job that can take you to otherworldly places, but you can only stay as long as the budget allows. Fortunately, Dr. Fe sometimes has the luxury of staying somewhere long enough to really take in the scenery. Just like when she visited Cuyo Island in Palawan. I stayed there for almost total of about three months. Eh. The very nice beaches there. Before when I went there, I took a boat from the pier here in Manila, then travel overnight. The next morning, you reach Cuyo Island. So Cuyo Island, so it's a tiny island, very charming. There was the time I was there, there was only one or two jeeps going around the island. And most of the time, you would just hike and walk to the next barangay. And it's a very rich, Island for Catholic music, especially liturgical music, because the old mga Spanish, Spanish Latin music for the church are still preserved there. So I was able to do a lot of recordings on gozos, masses, Latin and Spanish songs, 
Christmas songs, mga tamboras, in kuyunon, and some instruments like the flutes, drums. Marami din silang bamboo instruments doon, especially the, the flute and drum ensemble. One of the most unique traditions she ever witnessed happened in Cuyo. It was the Pahesus, a ritual chant for someone passing away. I was kind of in a distant because you have to respect also the grieving family. So I was in a distant and I was just praying and I guess the dead was on the floor and they were just chanting, chanting the Pahesus. It's, uh, it's kind of eerie, but... I guess it's part of grieving. Eh? And while we have songs to say farewell to those who've left this world, we also have songs to welcome new lives. If you go to Kalinga, there are different regions. And each region or even each community is different from each other. Although there are similarities. And, but this one I'm talking about is the region in Balbalan particularly in the village of Buaya. That's the name of the village. So the ritual there is called Anito. Okay, so don't confuse it with, uh, with the Anito word we use in Tagalog. Okay, kasi sa Tagalog, ang Anito, di ba, spirits yan. Pero sa Kalinga, sa Buaya region, ang Anito is a ritual. And there are many kinds of anitos. May small ritual, merong iba-iba, may subtypes yan. And this one, for the children, for the kids, after they're born, and they have a ritual. It's a sacrificial ritual where they kill a little pig or sometimes just a chicken or three chickens. For parang, yeah, it's a blessing for the, for the child. So they call it, a sacrificial ritual for other bigger rituals is really for healing if you have a very difficult sickness. Okay, kung advanced na yung sickness, you cannot be healed. So you hold an anito with a big pig as sacrifice to the spirits. So yan, matagal yan, mga one or two days depending on on how grave is your illness. So there you go. North to south, east to west, earthly life to afterlife. The rhythm of the islands is a subject so immense, we can't fit everything into this podcast. It's something you've got to experience for yourself. I really want to visit all these places now, Aaron. Not just to see how beautiful they are, but also to immerse in our living cultures. Me too. I continue to be surprised at how rich and diverse our country can be. Does Dr. Fei have any tips for those who want to have that kind of authentic experience? Well, Dr. Fei does recommend a few things. It's important that when you travel, you have a contact in that place that knows. Oh, where, where is the flat gong? Where is the bamboo zitter? You have to have a good contact in the place who knows the, the music of the province or the area. You also have to look at your safety. You just don't go anywhere. You can trust your contact. Then choose when there is a festival. And when you travel, do it sustainably by supporting the locals. My advice is buy their local handicrafts, their local produce. And that's how we help the community. 
Because as a tourist, you know, we bring our own food, sometimes nagbabaon. But it would be also interesting to sustain local tourism is to support the goods in the market, visit the market, which becomes very interesting. The market is the place to sustain the community's needs, economic needs, and buy local. You have to be a bit ready for delays and detours, but these are opportunities to make lifelong friends. I had an assistant, I remember, and then I met a, a guy, well, somebody I met in Rio Tuba, and he said he has relatives there and he wants to go with me. So, sinama ko siya. So we went, the three of us. I paid for his, no, for his fare because nga, he was my guide. And then he introduced me to the community. So I was lucky that he's a very good guy and helped me in my research. And again, it's serendipitous because it's not planned. There's this guy who wanted to go home and help me also. So it was good. And I have constant, I still continue contacting and uh, now with social media, with Facebook, I'm in touch with them. I think the friendship is very important so that when there's time you want to go back, hindi ka mahihiyana. Can I visit you? Dr. Fair recently came back from opening an exhibit at the Venice Biennale in Italy. From tracking down musical vestiges of our past, she was instrumental in laying down the tracks of music made by weavers, which artist Gerardo Tan and artisan Sami Bule spun into weaving. It's something unique for them. It's never been done in the world. <laughs> it's, a, it's a concept that is really unique to transcribe the sounds of the text of the, the loom and transcribe the, the sounds of the loom and then put it into patterns and weave on the textile. Para siyang loop no? from sound to textile. And then you can also play that woven textile into sound. Yeah, that's so meta. I think it's wonderful that the world is seeing our culture in this way. Not just as a static thing of the past, but something that is constantly evolving. I agree. It's something we could be with one foot rooted in the past while the other is exploring the present and facing the future. The tourism aspect is very important component also of the the Venice Biennale, because countries will, there are so many tourists, um, art enthusiasts, collectors who came. The presence of the Philippine Pavilion is a big point for Philippine tourism, because they see how we do our textiles, how we innovate. This is important for our Filipino identity, just like all uh, because of this global world, you have to assert also your identity and that is to your music or maybe it's to your dress, your attire, your language. Is there any danger though of these kinds of music from disappearing? Well, according to Dr. Fe, as long as the next generation is interested in continuing these traditional tunes, which she calls our cultural capital, then there's no need to fear. I think the preservation of music is when it is relevant to the community, it will continue. If it's no longer relevant, then it will disappear or the next generation 
is no longer interested. I think we have to look at our indigenous music or even our Philippine music as part of life. Wouldn't it be great for indigenous music and culture to be more ubiquitous, not just for display during special occasions, but really out there in everyday life? Well, I know for a fact that there are young musicians who are doing their part in the revival of our traditional music culture by making indigenous sounds part of the mainstream in Manila. Parang pinipilit namin ni Pasok, gumagamit kami ng hegalong from the Tibuli, gumagamit kami ng kunintang, uh, magindanaon instruments, kubing, uh, mga bamboos, mga flutes, ganun. Tinatry namin. This is Nim, who is actually a student of Dr. Fe Prudente at the Philippine Women's University. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Nim. I'm a musician here in Manila. I produce music. Oh, that's cool. His band, Pawikan, is made up of batchmates from the PWU Conservatory of Music. Ang core group na namin ngayon is ako na, si Joe, si RV, si Nathan, si Jerome, saka si Daniel, and also si Aman. And as music majors, you're sure they know their stuff. They had access to all the coolest traditional instruments in the world in their own university. Meron kaming instrument museum sa PWU eh. Parang room siya na punong-puno ng iba't-ibang klase ng instruments from all over the world. Meron from South Africa, meron from Japan, meron from China, Mongolia. Doon usually kinakandak yung classes for kulintang. Pag pumasok ka doon sa room na yun, pag iba yung vibe eh. Parang sobrang delicate ng lahat. Saka sobrang parang nasaan ako? Parang nasa... Parang nakita mo na yung mundo dahil yung mga instrumento na nandun. Mainly kay Ma'am Kasilag siya, national artist natin. Ang dami. May tour sa PWU to check it out. Wow, that's the personal collection of national artist Lucrecia Kasilag. Kasi kasama sa curriculum ng school namin yung matutunan yung ganito siya tugtugin. Pero hindi, lin, hindi din basta ano eh, tutugtugin lang siya eh. Kailangan i-absorb mo din yung mga meanings and kung para saan ba siya ginagamit and kung, kung bakit ba siya gagamitin sa yung history, kumbaga yung background ng isang instrument kung gagamitin mo. So how did Nim get into traditional Filipino music? It all started while watching TV, actually. When perform si Joey Ayala sa The Voice, naka... Hegalong yata siya doon or kuglong. Sabi ko, sobrang cool nito. I've never seen something like this before. Tapos nung pumasok ako sa yan, sa women's, naintindihan ko lalo. Ayun, sinubukan ko hanggang ito. Buo namin yung pawikan. Sobrang daming projects na din. And sobrang tagal na din ang panahon. Continue lang namin na ginagawa. So what genre of music do they play? It's a mix between reggae and original. As in OG Filipino music because of the instruments and beats they employ. Una, parang trip-trip lang siya. So, trinay namin ni-mix yung nowadays na pop sa traditional folk instruments and traditional Filipino cultures. We asked Nim, if the Tiboli mimicked the sounds of nature in their music, what would Manila sound like if it was a song? Kasi yung Manila sobrang melting pot niya na ng... Uh, kung i-describe ko yung Manila, combination siya ng lahat. <laughs> 
ng trip ng bawat ano dito yung may mga pumupunta ng probinsya para tumugtog dito sa Manila incorporate din nila na share din nila yung kung ano meron sila dito and then it, it, it becomes a part of mixed ingredients na sobrang sarap din pagka na experience alam mo yun like yung mga riku-riku na you know mga frog like sounds guys dito sa Manila ang mari- uh, wala ka nang maririnig na ganoon eh pero dahil nga dun sa pag-aaral din we try to bring bring it back then na uy ito yun dati tingnan niyo yung tunog nung kalikasan ko baga ganoon na merge dito sa city city sound na electric guitar piano drums ganyan okay din eh ang ganda din ng kinalabasan kasi tinatry namin ni mimic eh And then, may hirinig mo pa ba sa city yun? Hindi na siguro. Wala na siguro mga kuliglig dito sa atin. Hindi na siguro alam ng iba yon <laughs> Alam mo yun? Kumbaga, ma-share din namin yung information na yun na, uy, ito yung music natin. Ito, ito tayong Pilipino. Ito yung mga instrumentong gamit natin. Manila also serves as the backdrop in one of their songs. May song kami na, ano, Unicorn Popcorn, ang title. <laughs> It talks about yung, kung gano'ng kasaya yung energy ng gigs yung experiences ng mga live performances. Manila light life, gano'n. <laughs> sa Manila, ako, ang wild. Ang, ano, ang saya dito sa Manila ng pre-pandemic days. The band started playing in 2015 and got really busy in the Manila gig scene. I mean, I remember playing gigs uh, a couple of years before that and it was really bustling. I mean, Every venue had like so much going on every night. Before the pandemic, parang every other day may gig kami sa reggae scene, 70s bistro sa Giho, mga ganun route. Ang dami naming tinutugtog ganun. Also, yung pinaka-favorite namin is yung prod ng friend namin sila Marga sa Manila Groovy Nights. So combination siya ng jazz, ng pop, and ng reggae, ng world So, anything goes. Sobrang saya ng nightlife doon kasi sobrang sayawan talaga pagkaset na. For a moment, they all shared the streets of Manila, adding layers of sound to the billowing hum of the city that literally never sleeps. Like all bands during the pandemic, well, musicians including myself, the band really missed the energy of a live crowd. But thanks to modern ingenuity, they found ways to get paying gigs virtually. Actually, surprisingly, nakakatawa kasi meron mga online events na makakatugtog ka pa rin. Like, actually, nagre-record pa kami ngayon ng mga tracks eh. Kasi magkakalayo sa may sarili-sarili ng buhay, we wanted to make an album din na may iwan. And now that things are slowly going back to how they were before, Nim is back on stage playing for equally grateful crowds. Bumabalik. Sobrang dami ding nanonood. Like, hindi nag-empty ang mga bars pag may events. Ang daming excited mga nanonood ng live, live performance. And as cultural shifts in the country evolve, so does the music of the metro. Just like the Manila sound of old, it escapes definition because it has no strict style. You just know how it makes you feel. Yung combination ng music, sobrang daming patterns na pwede mo i-combine. And also, Non-stop din yung, ano eh, yung pag-aaral eh. Kumbaga, kada may nadi-discover kang panibago, meron pang panibago pang madi-discover after nun. It doesn't get old, parang gano'n. Ang saya din, kasi may mga friends kami from Tacloban, tumutugtog din dito, may mga taga-Pampanga. Alam mo yun, kumbaga parang dito na namin sila na meet Surprisingly, parang 
mga taga-Davao, may mga friend kami, Nairud. So, ayun, parang tas, nandito sila hanggang sa, alam mo na, exchange of information, exchange ng influences ng mga genre, ng mga trip, gano'n, mga style ng music. Hanggang sa naghahalo-halo na siya, meron pang jazz, meron pang mga ano, rock, ganyan, iba-iba eh. I really liked our episode today, Aaron, and yeah, you know, we learned so much about so many new places. Yeah, and I love this discussion because, you know, I think travel really isn't just going to places. It's so rich. And today, you know, we learned about so many different kinds of music and music that's homegrown, unique, and just so diverse. You know, I can't wait to head out and listen to these instruments with my own ears. And I can't wait to see people back in music bars to enjoy live music and to see musicians thriving again. So, yeah, I guess that's it for today, folks. Thanks for listening. Our thanks to Dr. Fe Prudente, whose exhibit at the Venice Biennale Philippine Pavilion will be up until November. So if you're in Italy, please show your support. And uh, thanks to Nim of the band Pawikan. Check out their Facebook page for news about their gigs. Escape Stories from the Road is produced by the Department of Tourism Philippines. Also, check out 7641, the DOT's digital magazine for more episodes. And please like and follow the Department of Tourism Philippines for your next travel goals. Check out the show notes for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Tourism Philippines handles. And follow Anima Podcasts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Spotify. I am at Kate Taralba. And where can they find you, Aaron? I am on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at Aaron Palabiab, double A-R-O-N-P-A-L-A-B-Y-A-B. And if you want to see my own adventures on the road, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, Aaron Palabiab Studio. This episode features Batanes, Quezon Province, Kalinga, South Cotabato, Cuyo Island, and Manila. And we'll see you on the road. This has been Escape Stories from the Road, brought to you by the Department of Tourism. Bye! Bye.